all killer, no filler, as opposed to this show, mostly filler. <laughs> and we'll see how it goes with the death stuff. <laughs> and that's very exciting. And hello, miss, how are you? Hi. Are you here solo? No, with these two. <laughs> with these two. And what is your relationship? Because you guys seem to have similar t-shirts. So you could be, yeah, yeah, because it's white and you have a squiggly line like Charlie Brown's head yeah, yeah. and you have a Union Jack which points to you poss possibly, were you, are you a tourist? No, I didn't. You're from Edinburgh. So you went to like England, bought an English t-shirt for <laughs> irony and came back here and they're like, look at this dumb thing they have down there. It's all the way from Camden? It's all the way from Camden? Man, Camden's changed. For the, those of you that are really young, like you mess, how old are you? You're eight? Don't look eight, you look at least. I don't know how to make this not creepy, so. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? We don't really have any seats, so you'd have to kneel by the stage, or you can come back tomorrow. All right, everyone yell, I love you with those guys. I love you. Thank you for not everyone yelling. <laughs> Sir in the blazer, I'm looking at you, who just turned to them and said, I don't love them. <laughs> but you didn't say it with your mouth, you said it with your eyes. So Camden is this area in London. Have you ever heard of Camden? No, Camden was like this really cool place back in the 70s. That's when like your parents were like teenagers and they dress in like leather jackets and they smoke cigarettes even though they tell you not to smoke cigarettes because you should never smoke cigarettes. And, and they would like go to cool bands, like go see like the Ramones. And the Ramones, the, this is what they sound like. You, what's your favorite song? That's a great song actually. <laughs> the Sounds of Silence by Art. Art. <laughs> Joke would have been funnier if I could remember Art. Fuck, what are their names? I mean, not curse words. Shoe Store. Oh, Fudgel Sticks. Simon and Garfunkel, a band I loathe. They are, here's my problem with some folk music duos. Is they're so bereft of happiness. Like, those two, Simon and Garfunkel could fall through a whipped cream factory into a pile of bananas and then walk out like it was tragic. <laughs> Art, can you believe we fell in the bananas and didn't give them to a starving child? <laughs> I can't believe it. So Simon and Garfunkel were this like art, du uh, this like folk duo. Folk music is like regular music, but really slow <laughs> and boring. <laughs> but you listen to it when you're like, when you hit about like 14, 15, you're gonna go through this phase where you're like, you know what? No one really gets me. And then you're gonna hear like, do 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 do, and you're like, yeah yeah, yeah I'm into that. And then you're gonna be into that for like six months, and then you're gonna go, this music sucks so badly. Would you stop saying la 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 when you're singing about a boxer? I've seen a boxing match, or what does he say? Not, uh, thank you. That, it's always good to go down a uh, Simon and Garfunkel riff with a group of people who have never heard of the band. <laughs> Strap in guys, I'll be discussing Phil Collins later. And uh, please no. Please no? I hate him, don't you hate him, his smug, stupid face? Have you ever seen Tarzan, the Disney movie? No, good, do not see it. The soundtrack was done by this guy named Phil Collins and he's the worst man ever. He invented broccoli. Before that, before they know what broccoli was, broccoli was chocolate and he was like, no, no. Broccoli sounds like it should ruin delicious meals with its odd spory toppy part. And when you bite into it, you're like, this tastes like water if water had something against me. <laughs> and then he thought, you know what? I'm putting this emotion into song. And then he wrote the soundtrack to Tarzan and ruined it. Now he has one good section of one terrible song, which is called, Can You Hear Me Calling in the Air Tonight? And it's a song about one time he was uh, walking around after a concert because Phil Collins is such a 
jerk. <laughs> so hard not to swear. Especially when you're in Scotland, because you guys use it when describing apples. <laughs> but like, I've had kids before in the show, and I just sort of like said a couple of curse words and like went by it, but there's enough now where I'm like, no, and I saw a couple of your parents, and they could definitely take me in a fight, so. <laughs> and it's a challenge for myself, but I'm gonna try and make this show as family friendly. And we're discussing Phil Collins, which usually is a vitriolic, inspiring topic. Like, usually at this point, I would have rendered my clothing, I would have had a bonfire going, and I'd be screaming, I hear you calling in the air tonight! Just because it goes da -da 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 when Mike Tyson did it in The Hangover doesn't make it a good song, Phil! Again, I like how you guys stick with me through half the jags. <laughs> so I try and go real deep into them, and you're like, no, we, we've moved on now, actually. We like that broccoli part. <laughs> try again, funny man. Oh, I will! I will, the doors are locked. <laughs> is it a fire hazard? Maybe. But the room is so hot, there's no oxygen, so when fire does approach, it will evaporate. <laughs> Not just funny, also educating the children on how fire works. <laughs> what a, bet you Kiri Putcher McLean didn't do that in her show, did she? No. So all killer, no filler, and no education. So. <laughs> and, and so you guys are friends? Yeah, we're a couple. We're a couple. A couple of what? Friends, that's what. <laughs> And then who are you, miss? I'm a friend and a couple. Okay. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. There are children here, sir. A threesome is when a couple has a friend and they spend time together. And that's all that that means. Two plus one equals three. It's educational. Very good. Thank you very much. Good save. Wholesomeness achieved. Now. And how long have you guys been coupling? <laughs> 12 years. 12 years. And are you guys married? Not married yet. Okay. I'm sorry, what is your name? Tessa. Tessa, Tessa this is a situation called fear of commitment. <laughs> <laughs> and it happens sometimes. Sometimes it's not often featured in fairy tales. Because usually in fairy tales, like, there's a prince and then there's a princess. Do you ever want to be like a princess? No, I never understood why girls want to be a princess because it never involves any action. Like, they're just in a tower or they're like asleep for 10 years, which is just the weirdest part of Sleeping Beauty. And I only half remember that book. And also, isn't it weird that she just turns into a dragon at the end? I know I'm ruining, the, ruining that movie, but it is from the 30s. So if you haven't seen it, well, <laughs> spoiler alert, I guess. <laughs> How are you doing? Just to warn you guys, it's standing room only, and by that I mean you're going to have to sit over here. So you can come back tomorrow, or you, can, you get prime time seating right by a fan that's broken. You sure you don't want to sit by the broken fan in a hot room? Your whole body will be covered in moss in mere moments. Yes, bullied into it! Achievement! 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 How are you? We're just, we're just, uh, we're just, we're just learning about how these guys have been together for 12 years, and one of them doesn't want to ask the other one a question. <laughs> I left my ring at home. You left your ring at home? Yeah. So you guys are married. We're we're engaged. Engaged. You're engaged. Yeah. You gotta yeah. say that, brother, because I was painting you as a as cold feet Mackenzie, and now you're commitment Bill. It's <laughs> eleven and a half years, but I suppose. But that's okay, because so. eleven and a half years that way you know each other. You're as far as taxes are concerned, you are man and wife, which is a really misogynist way to phrase <laughs> marriage. He's a man and she's his wife. Like, it's just like, oh, really? You can't just go and do you two people pledge 
to stand in this church even though neither one of you believe in God, <laughs> but your parents are still alive and they feel it's a good idea, and then later on buy dinner and drinks for all of these people your parents have met throughout their life, and they invited them to their wedding, so you have to invite them to yours. That's the worst part about the wedding. Who's that guy? I think his name is Bill. He sold my dad a carpet in 1957. <laughs> and so are you gonna do small wedding, big wedding? 80 people. I like how you gave me information but did not answer. Is that a small wedding or a big wedding? I just hope it stops at 80 people. <laughs> are your parents still involving in the conversation? Uh, they're divorced. So, oh, yeah, my parents are divorced too, and they're both pushing. My dad has been divorced two to three times, depending on if he listens to this episode of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, uh, and he constantly, so he's really pushing for me to settle down and have children. And um, because he's like, you'd be a great father, you know, like I think marriage is really important. He's completely forgetting the fact that he has lost half of his stuff three times. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just sort of like, yeah, like I would love to, but I just don't really have the best role model. Like he seems really happy because happy he's single. And my dad is like your atypical dad. Like you, sir, are you a father? Yeah, you have that like happy father look on you where you're like, <laughs> I got a corner of my r house. This is all my stuff. Over here is a trophy from before when I had children. Here's the 11 books by Dean Koontz I'm reading. Here's some sort of weird, do you have a dog? No. no. Cat? No. Oh, you seem like you would have a guy that like is the animal you have that you like, that's your like friend, like the family goes off to bed and you're like, Mittens, let me tell you what Joe's feeling today. <laughs> and what is your name, brother? Ian. Ian, powerful, powerful Scottish name. Are you Scottish? Yes. Yeah. Ian was the first tip. Second was how he's very nervous because he's talking to a stranger. <laughs> and Ian, what do you do for a living? I'm an artist. You're an artist. Yeah. You look like an artist and a successful one, not the way I use the word artist, which is when I don't want to say comedian, so I say artist, and then people get uncomfortable because I'm wearing an Iron Maiden t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't want to follow through. What kind of art? Well, if you have any blood, I can show you. <laughs> and what kind of art do you do? You do sculpture. I always like sculpture. I actually am one of those people that goes to art galleries, but I go by myself because I don't like when people walk up and go, what do you think about it? I will tell you after. Right now I'm looking at it for a long time, trying to figure out what it is. Because right now it's three triangles, but I know there's more. It's called genocide of the cows. I don't see a cow, but I'm gonna find one. I did, a, I did a fine arts degree in university and I had to do a bunch of art appreciation classes, which I signed up for very angrily. So I was like, there is no way this is gonna be interesting. And art is so crazy interesting when you get into the characters behind the art. Like if you look at the Dadaist movement, which happened after World War I, and it was eventually essentially a bunch of crazy European people who just, don't worry, we'll get back to you guys in a second and then you will laugh. <laughs> but right now I'm gonna do a little art education for everyone. You guys can just have a nap and then we'll get back to you. Are you picking a scab? Don't pick a scab. That's <laughs> Ironic that if you did pick a scab, that would count as Dadaist art. That one's just for Ian, but some of you got on board. Thank you for paying attention in school. And my favorite piece of Dadaist art, it's a very famous one, is, uh, uh, oh my God, who was it? The urinal, who did the urinal? Thank you so much. I always forget his name. I always remember Marcel Duchamp, right? Yeah. And he, he, what he did is he just took a urinal off the wall and then he just wrote a French phrase on it, put it on the ground and went, that's art. And then everyone has spent the last 70 years 
trying to figure out if he was joking or being completely serious. And he refused to speak about his career and then retired and played chess for 50 years. And was he good at chess? No. He was really bad and refused to learn. So they, you can see all these interviews of like him with John Cage. John Cage is literally a child's drawing of a pretentious person. Like he's got like wispy gray hair and like a denim shirt, but he's not like in his 20s and a barista. He's like in his 50s. He had an all mushroom diet and he has a song called, I think it's 431, which is just four minutes and 31 seconds of silence. The reason is he got lazy that day and had to come up with something. And so that's what he went with. <laughs> Everyone goes, no, you hear the, the ambience in the room. No, he was lazy. <laughs> I'm technically an artist in that I sleep late and sometimes I smoke cigarettes and I own a beret. Not by choice, it's just <laughs> what you get eventually. <laughs> and I've come up with those sort of things. This show is essentially Dada Isard in that I wanted to do something that was completely free form and improvised and sometimes it's very funny and other times you go, is this going anywhere? We'll find out together. Remember when she picked the scab? That was hilarious. And so... <laughs> And I know you're, a lot of you are sitting there and some of you are learning and going, John, did you just relate your podcast to the earth-shattering art movement that was the Dadaist that brought in absurdity and abstraction to the art community? Yeah, that's right. I make bold claims. Let's sum up the podcast thus far. Phil Collins, don't care for him. Art, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, too serious. John Hastings, as important as Andy Warhol. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. I agree, it deserved a golf clap at best. <laughs> For those of you who don't know who Andy Warhol is, imagine if like a sofa cushion came to life <laughs> and, and he would do things like he would take a telephone and paint it gold and go, so this is, like this is how I can talk to heaven. And the entire world just went, let's see how far he takes this. <laughs> Another thing he famously did is he took a bunch of like soup cans, you know soup, right? Yeah, yeah, it's that thing you dip your sandwich into. If you ever get, get your parents to make you like a grilled cheese sandwich and then a tomato soup, dip the tomato soup in, no, the cheese sandwich <laughs> in. If you, you could dip the soup into the sandwich, but it'd be very messy and your parents would yell at you. But you take the sandwich and dip it into the soup and you eat it, it is a flavor explosion. I like how you guys just turned on me. No, this is Scotland. We don't season our food. <laughs> Everything remains separate. The only thing you do is you put it in something that cooks it, depending on the liquid involving. It might be water, it might be oil. Those are the only two ways we make food. <laughs> and people bash you guys for the deep fried pizza. I had that three nights ago. My life is better as a result, because I didn't know that you can make cake as a pizza. And I had a bad day, I had a slice of it, and everything felt okay. There was a pang of pain in my heart, <laughs> and I let a gasser go that could have killed someone. <laughs> but you feel such satisfaction of just knowing, one day a man was looking at chips, eating a pizza. He coughed, the pizza fell in the deep fryer, and he didn't think, I'm gonna leave that there. He thought, ingenuity is striking. And he scooped it out of there, he burned his mouth quite terribly. And then he was eating a Mars bar and thought, here's something that the English will believe we eat. <laughs> Let's deep fry this and then sell it for four pounds and watch those idiots burn their mouths. <laughs> that's the thing, you show up here in Edinburgh or in Glasgow in November, you can't get a deep fried Mars bar anywhere. August the 1st, yeah, we're deep frying shoes, pickles, whatever you want. <laughs> How much money do you have? I'll deep fry your head, eat your way out of it. Like, 
absolutely bizarre. How are you guys doing? Let's check in with Lounge Corner over here. <laughs> you guys look like you're sunning yourself on a beach. <laughs> but your skin is not being tanned from the sun, it's being tanned by entertainment. <laughs> that only works when you guys laugh. If not, it just sounds <laughs> sound like a giant jerk. And what are your names? Susan. Susan, beautiful name, and? Jose. Hang on again. Jose. Jose? And where's that from? You came from, come from the what? The Canary Islands in Spain. Oh, really? I didn't know, I don't know. That's where my, my time comes from. I dig it, brother, I understand. I can tell that you're not from Scotland because you don't look like this. <laughs> and what brings you over from Spain? Uh, the beach, a little bit. Um, come, come see some art? Did you enjoy my Dadaist rift only a few moments ago? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 it was pretty good, right? <laughs> and what's the biggest thing you miss about Spain right now? Right now? Right now. Well, right now the weather is crappy on my island, so. You're okay here? Yeah, this is why this is why I like the Spanish because you always ask you always think that they're going to go after the weather in the UK and they always just go I like the change. <laughs> and all the English people look is that a is that a dig at us? And it's like no, you go to Spain and Spain is like it's a very temperate. It's like getting into a perfectly cooled tub. And then you guys bring up tapas. And I can't figure out how your restaurants make money with that. Do you guys know what tapas is? I'm using the right, it's, it is tapas, right, where they bring you, you yeah, order like a glass of wine, and then they bring you all the food in the world, and they bring you a menu, and I laugh in their faces. Because <laughs> how do restaurants, do you know how restaurants make money with that, or is it like you're supposed to only have like one or two, and then order something, as opposed to old Johnny Hastings, who just keeps the wine train going, and then has a lot of oysters one time, and then got scolded by a Spanish lady. Luckily, don't speak Spanish, so I interpreted her as saying, you ate so many oysters, you're great. And I went, you are. <laughs> And so where is your island in Spain? Let's decide this is the map of Europe. And um, it's very black, representing the economic situation on that <laughs> continent right now. That joke's just for the adults. I'll put it into kidding. Imagine the kingdom put all of its money in Greece, which would be a, like a, a hole. And then people took that money away. And they were like, we don't know where the money went. And then the guy that was supposed to represent that hole was wearing a, a, a suit of gold. And the entire one, well, we gotta trust this guy. He's riding a motorcycle made of platinum. There's no way he's embezzled any money. <laughs> and, um, and now it's a bit of a dire situation. Didn't really explain that. I think I confused myself somehow. <laughs> I try and pretend to understand the news, but it's mostly just like, can we get to the part where Donald Trump is gonna be president of the United States? <laughs> like, who else is really just enjoying that? Because they're... I know, I like, I love America. I'm a Canadian, they are supposedly my sworn enemy, but I love them because they're like my big brother that had like so much promise, but now he works at a tire shop, <laughs> but he's got schemes all the time. He's like, yeah, I may work at the tire shop. Sit down, are you sitting down? A restaurant that only gives you knives. <laughs> what are you gonna serve there? All sorts of stuff, but you eat with a knife, it'll be kicky and fun people like eating with forks and they're like, no, knives. We call it sharps, it'll be great. <laughs> no, Donald, Donald Trump is gonna be the president. He's 20% of the Republican vote. And this was a point that was brought up in the New York Times. The New York Times, which is like an actual newspaper. It's like the Guardian or I'm a giant, like, middle-class, super lefty liberal guy, so, like, I read The Guardian and go, ah, oh, a newspaper that shores up my opinions only. How delightful. <laughs> the Guardian is a newspaper that your parents read sometimes, probably, depending, do your parents read The Guardian? Are your parents here? Yeah. Pardon me? 
Your mom is. Your Where's Tessa's mom? Is she here? <laughs> Did she scamper off? That's awesome. Hey, that, it's you, miss, yes? Yeah, yeah, and what's your name? Allison. Allison, me. And Allison, are you a Guardian reader? No. no. <laughs> what newspaper do you read? You don't read newspapers? Good. <laughs> I try not to read newspapers, but I live in London, so if you move in that city after the hour of four o'clock, they throw newspapers <laughs> at your head. It's really fun, because sometimes you're on the tube and someone spilled a drink or had some problems, and you take your free newspaper, you pop it on the seat, clean seat now. And also, if someone gets on the tube that you don't want to speak to, like recently I was on a tube, and you know how we have those people in our lives that speak way too close to your face and talk about subjects you don't care about? Like you're sitting there and you're having like a nice day and they walk in and go, hey, have you noticed that ketchup tastes slightly tangier than it usually does? <laughs> no, I've not noticed that because I don't think about ketchup. And he goes, that's good. My life's really hard right now. And you're like, oh God, what a bummer. Where are you going? And they go, oh, I'm going to your exact stop. Oh, the train stopped. So what you can do is with your giant free newspapers is you can build a fort around you <laughs> so that person does not come approach you because they're like, I'm not going to talk to the guy who's living in the house made of newspapers. <laughs> um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, Donald Trump. Are you excited that Donald Trump is gonna be the president of the United States? No. No? Yeah, see you're logical. You're not a comedian who's just looking at that going, that's four years where I don't have to write jokes. <laughs> I can literally just turn on the newspaper. He just sold Mount Rushmore for a haircut. <laughs> it will be very exciting when Canada is next to China though. And uh, that was, you didn't give that enough. That's a very clever <laughs> point, talking about the fact that most of America's debt is owned by China. China would look at Donald Trump as some sort of risk and they renege on that loan and they would take over the country economically. Yeah, once again, educating, even the adults. Tessa, you understood that, right? <laughs> at least she's honest. She was obviously raised well. Wow. <laughs> Always a good sign when the comedian can't say the word raised and then just turns into an eight-year-old. He was ways well. <laughs> I swore Susie by the sweet shop. Uh, obviously, three cups of coffee are, is my limit, and the stroke is imminent. Now, why don't you want Donald Trump to be the president of the United States? The bloody racist problem. Yeah, that is a big, giant issue, isn't it? <laughs> Not only the racism, it's also like the clear misogyny and the fact that he doesn't seem to be aware of what he's saying. Like when he said that whole thing about Mexico, my favorite sort of part is he did this thing that white men do where they say the worst things and then they stand there going, what, what did I say? And then everyone goes, that thing you just said, he goes, that, that's not the worst thing I could say. I could say this. And then they stand there again going like, why did you say both of those things? And he's like, well, cause, cause, cause I'm gonna be president. And then everyone's like, that may happen. <laughs> this is what I actually think is gonna happen. I know there's children here, so this is gonna get a little dark. I think if he does get elected, the Secret Service is gonna walk up behind him, shoot him in the head, <laughs> scream do-over, and they're just gonna do it all over again. <laughs> and let's be honest, great television. <laughs> uh, who are, uh, do you have a dog in the race in the US election at all? A, a dog in the race, like someone you're, someone you're rooting for? Uh, no. No, no, I'm going for this guy. Bur I, it's either Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders. Why I like Bernie Sanders is he's like openly socialist and he's this old man for, from Vermont who makes soybeans 
and he's just declared that everyone will go to university for free, and everyone's like, that's not economically possible. And then he just made this spreadsheet where he just showed that there's all this unexplained tax in the United States. I know you're thinking, John, is this a comedy show? Yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> Rushing all the time. And he showed that there's all this unexplained tax going into Washington, and he said, we're just gonna take that money away and use it to pay for university and pay off everyone's university debt. And every other politician, they kind of can't say anything because it's a really good idea, but they also don't want that money to go away because it's a lot of bonus stuff like, hey, I want my toilet to also be a jet. So <laughs> can I have a million dollars of taxpayer money? And so now everyone's like, yeah, Bernie has a pretty good idea, but maybe you guys didn't know this, but he's also a dragon. And then he kind of frumpily walks up, like 67 years old. Uh, I'm not a dragon, but uh, vegans are okay. See you later. And then he kind of <laughs> walks away. And then everyone's like, um, Vermont smells bad. <laughs> and he kind of walks to the microphone. Yes, but you may have also noticed that Vermont uh, still produces a lot of the uh, America's uh, lettuce and tomatoes. And we've won uh, pie making for the last three years in a row. So if you don't like pies, you're not American. And then everyone's like, ah. <laughs> How are we going to beat this guy? <laughs> and it's very exciting. And, um, and do you, you still live in Spain? And are you guys together? Uh, it's our first date. <laughs> May I just say, so far, you're doing very well. <laughs> You've shown that you... Barbie teamwork works? Yeah, it does. <laughs> Do you find it a little uncomfortable at times when you see friends of yours on Tinder and you don't know if you should? For those of you who don't know what Tinder is, they've somehow made the internet even more selfish. I think everyone's just like, what? We need to go and look at this. So it's this dating app where you swipe left or right. I don't know really how it works. There's a heart and then there's an X to just make you feel horrible. So either you like someone or you want them marked. <laughs> and you run into friends on it that you're like either like, oh, you're single or, oh, you have a boyfriend. And um, so you like hit it. And I don't know, because like, you'll see friends, that means your friends can see you. And I don't know if I should like them to let them know, like, good on you, get a match, get one on the board. Or do you hit like, no, thank you. So what do you, what do you think, brother? Uh, about what? About like if you see a friend of yours on uh, Tinder. Yeah, yeah. No. You say no. Well, well, you it depends on the friend. Yeah, it does. <laughs> In that sometimes you want to make sure that your friend's okay, so you send them a message, still wholesome. Uh, Allison, I could feel you get nervous for a second. Don't worry. <laughs> I got this. So what was your what was your opening line on Tinder? Who who initiates? So what happens is you match on Tinder and you get really excited, and if you're like me, you yell something like whoopee, and then. <laughs> I really like to win. I don't know if you know this, based on the fact that I've hired a room and had myself professionally lit. I have a little bit of a sense of ego. And so <laughs> I get really excited. It's like, yeah, winning. And um, it doesn't always work when you yell that and the person's also in the room on Tinder. And then they look at you and go, unmatch. And, <laughs> and then what happens is then this chat window shows up. And then you have to like send a phrase to them. And you don't know what to write, because you're literally judging this person on just like their face. And so you're just like, I'm like you don't want to write like, your face is appealing to my eyes. <laughs> I would like to see it for real. <laughs> How are you? Like, I don't know what to write, so I've just been writing. And then people are like, you can't write hello. And it's, I hate human beings in the internet. We've just created all these words. Like, you can't write laugh out loud. You have to write LOL. Which is why? 
LOL feels uncomfortable and also doesn't describe the situation because sometimes it's just a humorous thing you want to let them know that they found it funny. But you're not going, ha, 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 ha. You're just like, oh, he said something pointed about that person in a text message. Ha. And then someone's like, well, it was more funnier than a ha. Well, it's the same thing. I'm the comedian and you're my mom. Who would know? <laughs> that woman is so about it. I showed her how to, I downloaded an emoticon app onto my mom's phone. My mom is a university professor and like a high level into marketing, gets like flown places to discuss paper and how it can be revitalized as an industry all over the world because textiles and stuff like that is coming back because as more and more we're uh, heading to a world that has artificial intelligence, human beings instinctively want to touch things that are like wood and paper. It's why people of my generation and below all still get their paper bills and all of our parents don't get paper bills and don't back things up on their computer and call their son at four o'clock in the morning when he's at the Edinburgh Festival when his dad accidentally deleted all of his photographs, but he hasn't accidentally deleted his photographs. He just accidentally opened an internet window that was blank and he thought his computer was broken. <laughs> and you just have to be like, dad, just close that tab. And he's like, what? There's a, what's a tab? And you're like, the, the window. And he's like, so turn off the monitor. Throw the computer out, father. Throw it out. <laughs> I'm actually joking. It's actually not my my dad is way he's too media savvy. Like he goes out and hangs out in Apple stores. He finds them very calming, which is very creepy because my dad is like in khakis, sweater tied around his neck, just struts in. How you doing? Just here to charge my phone. Ooh, iPhone six. Might get one of those. And he's like, what? They don't know you, man. This isn't your local pub. <laughs> just sitting there by the headphones. Ooh, the new Beats by Dre are in. I hear he's a good doctor. <laughs> So, who initiated the first chat? I'm gonna actually hazard a guess. It was you. Did, no? Do you always wait for the man to? You always wait? But it's 21st century, you're allowed to, you can say hello. Do you know how much fun it is when a lady asks a man out? Because you're like, oh, all of the fear is needless. <laughs> you guys are a little young, in like 10 years you're gonna totally understand that joke because I like to plant comedy time bombs <laughs> and, and eventually they're funny. Um, so what was the first thing you said? Was it something cool in Spanish? Um, no. No, you went English? Yeah. See, I would have I don't even speak Spanish, but I use that Google Translate and I send something in Spanish right away and then write bracket romantic bracket. Yeah, yeah. You, you may have it, my friend. And you actually speak Spanish, so you won't send things like, hey, library, let's go to the shoe store, bracket romantic bracket. <laughs> Biblioteca, I forgot how to say shoe store. I need to watch Pulp Fiction again. Now, <laughs> that's a reference to the fact that he says, let's go to the shoe store in Spanish in Pulp Fiction. And I memorized it because I watched that movie a lot when I was 19 and going through a phrase like, I'm gonna be a filmmaker, but not one of those ones that sold out a commercial, like a non-commercial art house. So I watched Pulp Fiction, which we all know was a very independent release independently released film that didn't launch the careers of anyone and only was seen by a, a few people. <laughs> so do you remember what your first line was? I bet it was so smooth. Yeah, it starts with a great time on hi, how you doing? Oh, come on, yeah, I can't pull that off because this face saying hi, how you, because you say it sounds so cool, like hi, how you doing, what am I doing? Just building this table for no reason. Because <laughs> what do you do for a living, brother? Uh, I'm a teacher, secondary. Teacher, of course you are. Hi, how are you doing? I was just molding some minds and making sure that skateboard kid stay away from pot. <laughs> when I say that as a comedian, hi, how are you doing? What am I doing? Well, I was just sitting, staring aimlessly into a Starbucks because I, that Jake fell apart. Anyway, so. <laughs>
And how quickly did you guys go from, also, may I say, thank you so much for being open about using Tinder. Because a lot of people are lying about it. Like a friend of mine met his girlfriend on Tinder, and they decided to tell people they met in rehab. <laughs> That's a place, by the way, for the children where people go if they've had too much juice. <laughs> like, how shamed are we that we're using the internet to meet people that they would go, I need you guys to know that I was in rehab when I met this girl, not sitting using a phone that everyone has. Also, I have a lot of friends that have girlfriends and boyfriends that are on Tinder because they just want to see what it's like, and I'm like, that's not fair. You've already made it. You're in the relationship. You're able to wear pajamas in the afternoon. You're eviscerating box sets and saying stuff like cheesy garlic bread for breakfast. Yes, please. And I'm out there. I'm ha I have having to be like, I'm having to do push-ups in the morning. I have to eat kale to keep all of this sort of together during the Edinburgh Festival. So when the sun sets and I go, what's for dinner? Two hot dogs. I don't look like Anyway, so back to you. <laughs> How many messages until you, you went for the meeting? How many what? How many like back and forth messages until uh, you? A few. A few. I like how you said that disdainfully. A few. Three. <laughs> Hi. How are you? Let's meet. <laughs> are you interested in watching a, a Canadian comedian fill one hour of time in a room hotter than Spain has ever been? <laughs> That's very good. Have you had any bad Tinder experiences? Uh, no. No. I, did, I wasn't really going to talk to you because you're a dude. <laughs> the good ones always will come from the ladies because ladies are polite, lovely people, and men left to our own devices, we will we'll poo on things. <laughs> like, you have to educate a man not to pee on stuff. I don't know if you've ever been around a baby boy, but he's just looking at something going, I could pee on that. <laughs> Looks at his parents and go, I'm going to pee on you guys. That's why if you see parents, they're just in sweatpants, in shock. And I didn't know something I love so much would do that to my sofa. <laughs> Can't believe I'm going to have to pay for his university education later. <laughs> Worst Tinder experience, Suzanne. Remember, there are kids here, so if you have any issues, you can just come to me, and I'll, like, I'll family entertain it. In <laughs> Talking's fun today. <laughs> How was the show? Pretty good. The comedian got stuck on the word entertainment and then just said tang, 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 tang. He recorded and turned it into a YouTube hit. It's called uh, uh, Tang, Tang, Tang Style. He got that guy from Gangnam Style to come in because his career is officially over. He was living in Leith, Scotland, and uh, he's working on a ship. And uh, they came over and they got on tuxedos. And the dances in that, like this move, they just go tang, 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 tang. And people used to find it funny. And then they got off board very quickly on the jag because that's the type of audience you are. I can also feel how the temperature suddenly just increased. <laughs> so I don't know who just turned on a heating valve or let a fart go, but either way, thank you for raising the tension in the room. Uh, I found the message. That is what they, they called. They're, they're, it's all been good? Yeah, well, again, you can't give men an opportunity to be anonymous because we will say such silly things. A friend of mine is married, and he got a Tinder account just to mess with people. Uh, his name's Pete Johansson. You find it. It's the, it George Takei from Star Trek found it and tweeted it as, this is the worst man ever. <laughs> it was his, uh, literally, he was walking around more happy than I've ever seen everyone in anyone. As Star Trek was a TV show. Uh, <laughs> 
TV is this thing that we used to have in our houses that would just turn on and off. Now you guys have computers. Commercials used to be in between television shows. Instead of at the very beginning of a video and after five seconds you hit skip, they used to be in between and when they would turn on you'd be like, I'm gonna leave the room and not be subjected to these products and you come back. So Star Trek was about all these guys on a cardboard ship and they were led by this guy named James T. Kirk and he hit his head so he talked very slowly <laughs> always. And then he had his other friend named Spock, and Spock was a Vulcan, which meant they had no emotion. And it was very easy for uh, the actor, uh, Leonard Nimoy, to not show any emotion, because the guy who played James T. Kirk, they hated each other. And uh, Leonard Nimoy didn't want to be on the show anymore, so he'd deliver all of his lines very quickly, just staring at William Shatner, who played James T. Kirk, and then would just walk away. And then George Takei, he was the pilot of the plane, and he's this uh, guy from Japan, and he's gone on to be this big advocate for public transit. He's never owned a car and demands to take a bus everywhere. And it's very difficult when he does public appearances because he makes you go get him a bus, but he makes you like hire him a bus so it still looks like he's on public transit, but he just has a private bus, which uses way more fuel than say a limousine. And now he's on Facebook all the time just posting about various things. And like he's just basically an old nutty Japanese man who lives in California who looks like a praying mantis and talks like this. <laughs> That's how he laughs. It's really frightening. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so he found my friend's Tinder account. And uh, Pete's uh, bio is a couple of things you need to know. I am married. If we date, my wife's coming with me. You'll be paying. She's quite a drinker. I love you. <laughs> and he's actually been getting matches and then playing it like it's serious. And a couple of people have tried to meet him and he's had to go, I've done this as a joke. And then they go, I feel a little betrayed. Really? You see someone that says, I'm married, you're paying, she's a drinker, and you think, you know what? I think this is the diamond in the rough for me. <laughs> he is the Prince Charming to my lady, not sure how to meet a good man. Again, thought I would get a laugh there, but don't worry. We're gonna speak to one more gentleman, depending on how much time I've prattled on for. Let's go to the big clock. Oh, we do have plenty of time, brother. What's your name, my man? Robin. Robin? Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that joke was way better than you guys gave it credit for. <laughs> None of this is prepared. He said Robin, I could have said a lot of things. Like, I've been rocking. Do 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 do. Reference to the song Rockin' Robin. Four people have heard it and the rest of you are going, what's going on with you, John? I like old music. It makes me feel happy because I think I could play that and then I try and play Day Tripper by the Beatles and I break my friend's guitar. <laughs> and Robin, what brings you to the fringe? Uh, I come every year now. And favorite thing you've seen at the Fringe ever? Ever? Sushi tap shows, very good Japanese tap group, um, and the Dark Room uh, with John Roberts. The Dark Room is amazing, isn't it? For those of you who know what the Dark Room is, it's my friend John Robertson wearing a corset, not for a weird reason, <laughs> and, and he has his face projected on a screen and he does a live action role playing game with the audience, and you would think, this is gonna be really boring. It is amazing and so engrossing and you get addicted to it. And like two years ago, I went a bunch of times and we've clashed ever since. It, listen, guys, please go see it. I think that he has TV people in this week. He did text me about it and I read it and then probably forgot all the important information. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is I'm a great friend. And uh, <laughs> it's a Japanese tap group. Yeah, ta sushi tap show. And they did like tap dancing? and things, but it's the smiliest show you'll see on the fringe, I reckon. I really like tap dancing. Do you really like tap dancing? Well, I wanted to stop tap dancing after I saw the show <laughs> last year. And it is, I, got, like, I got a thing about it. I love tap dancing and I love magic. 
Have you guys ever seen a guy named Pete Furman? Yeah. He's just amazing. And also, he's a friend. So he, he, he one time was like, do you want to know how I do that? I go, what? No. No. Never. <laughs> I want to figure it out because I always want, I think I can figure it out. I thought I figured out one trick by a friend, another friend of mine who's a magician. And I said what he was. And he went, no, that's literally impossible. Because <laughs> what I had said is that he had hidden like a mechanical hand in the sleeve of his suit. And then he went and sawed off this hand. And then he went like that. And then the mechanical hand like came together in a bunch of pieces. And he was like, that would be like $500,000 to build and needlessly complicated. And I was like, yeah, but how cool would that be? And he was like, you should never be a magician, John. <laughs> You'll just end up cutting someone in half. Yeah, 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 that would be awesome. <laughs> and so Robin, um, where are you from? Uh, well, I was brought up in Gokodi in France, but I actually live uh, in Hertfordshire now. Really lovely, soothing accent. You should read audiobooks. <laughs> For those you don't know, okay, books were these things made out of paper. <laughs> and now they're on the internet and we call them websites. And audiobooks are these things where someone with like a soothing voice like Robin, like Robin say like, um, call me Ishmael. Call me Ishmael. Oh, Moby Dick goes from a <laughs> chore to a delightful time, doesn't it? <laughs> Because you have that perfect, you have like a little bit of a Scottish lilt and then an accent I can understand. So, <laughs> the perfect combination. I think some of the Scots just, what are you talking about, ball? <laughs> you have to put space in between your words. Some of us don't, I don't have the ability to breathe with our eyes. So, <laughs> it's amazing. You just see you guys argue. Raha, raha, chuta, chuta, raha, raha. Yeah, isn't it insane, right? Because you come from like Spain and beautiful poetic language and you come here and it sounds like two people throwing hammers down an aluminum staircase. <laughs> What's going on? They just propose to one another. <laughs> and, uh, oh yes, it is aluminum. <laughs> come to my hour show if you'd like to hear my opinion on that little bugaboo of this <laughs> island. You've slightly mispronounced a word. Oh, have I? Well tough. <laughs> if you guys would hold on to Canada as a colony, maybe we'd speak the same way. But you granted us our freedom after we asked it for it in a nice letter, because we know how to revolt in the most bureaucratic way possible. <laughs> America, three, uh, four year long war, uh, war. Us, we just got a Scottish guy to write a letter, and you guys were like, yeah, do what you want. <laughs> and uh, so, this is your first day at the Fringe, Robin? Yeah, I just got uh, train back uh, midday. Oh, let's talk about, how was the train journey? Did you go coastal train, like where you saw like the seaside, and you're like, what a beautiful place to visit, a dune. I feel so sorry for that farm that used to not be near a train track, and now I can see the person having a shower. <laughs> and then there's the other one where you go like straight up through the middle of the country, which one did yeah, you? East coast, I went up east coast. So you saw like the sweet, beautiful coast and tried to get a photo and then dropped your phone into your friend's sandwich, like <laughs> I did on the way here? It was quite right, it wasn't too busy on the train, everything was. I like it. Last <laughs> year, and I'm going to leave you on this story, and then we're going to get final thoughts from you, <laughs> and uh, and then we'll check in. And then we'll check in on how the date's going. <laughs> then we'll get final thoughts. So last year, I did the Glasgow Comedy Festival, and they paid me. They said you can get paid a little bit of cash, and then we'll give you vouchers for first-class travel on Virgin for up to ten journeys, and I or you can get a bunch of money. And I was like, give me those first-class vouchers. Have any of you ever traveled first class on Virgin? It is, what the hell was that? Has <laughs> it become so hot that the heat has actually turned to paper? <laughs> That's a sign of the apocalypse, isn't it? <laughs> Tessa, I don't know, what's your name? 
Molly? Molly and Tessa? Come on, guys. Those are really nice names, because there's a lot of names that are getting very middle class. Like, uh, there, uh, we had a kid in here named Tucker two days ago. That's not a name. That's a type of jam. <laughs> anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So first, have you ever traveled first class, Molly? You can check with a parent if you want to. <laughs> you don't know. Good answer. <laughs> Remain a person of the people, even though we, I can tell by the look of your eyes. You're a first class kind of person. <laughs> that was a compliment, not a commentary on her class. <laughs> Wipe the look off your face this section. <laughs> the first class on Virgin is the best because I'm someone who has never traveled in first class. So what I do is I take advantage. The first time I went on, they hand you a bottle of water and a newspaper. And I went, how many waters could I have? And they went, well, they're complimentary. And so I got four waters and put them in my bag for later. And then they said, well, we'll be serving breakfast or lunch. And I went, could I have breakfast? And I could you wrap me up a lunch for later? <laughs> and I, I could see that the person who was working was like, oh, you're new up here. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, humor you. And then it was just like coffee, 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 tea, 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 water, water, water. Pausing to just literally pee more than I have ever had in my entire <laughs> life. And I was going to Glasgow when we got delayed. And I took full advantage of everything. And as I was getting off, uh, one of the, like the, I keep wanting to call them flight attendants, but it was a train po a porter just came up to me and went, good job. It <laughs> <laughs> made me feel really good. <coughs> to be complimented on how I took advantage by a Scottish person, you know you've won. <laughs> Check it back in. So how long into the date are we currently? Two hours, that's very good. I've had dates end in 35 seconds. <laughs> Don't bring up your opinion on uh, uh, X-Men Days of Future Past with a lady who works in real estate. She doesn't care. <laughs> um, and where are you guys going after this? We're not gonna come with you, I'm just. <laughs> Don't know? Just let, let the air decide? Well, that's great. So far, so good? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, guys, round of applause for them, huh? <laughs> If anything, a variable, memorable date, because you probably thought you'd go see a nice show as opposed to leaned up against a wall, <laughs> even though there's children that usually sit on the ground, but no, I've made the two adults sit on the ground, face the audience, let them know, let them know. Well, I hope a lot of love and happiness for you guys, or whatever happens. And finally, we look to you, my friend. <laughs> the man on the other side of that there, first date, you, 15 years into a relationship, you're finally bullied into popping the question. Final thoughts on the show. Anything you want to say? Floor is yours before I go to him. Just remember, it's free to get in. It's not free to get out. <laughs> and I'm not talking coins. Money that folds. And if you have a pound coin and you can fold it, then you can put it in. <laughs> and also, two days ago, a guy gave me a two pence coin. You can keep it. <laughs> if all you want to give is a two pence coin. I got two pence. Check out the shirt. I'm doing very well. <laughs> I'll see you at the back. You can get a flyer for my paid show. You can say hello. You can say terrible job. And I will be like, you are. And then, <laughs> but before we do that, final closing statements from you, good sir. Anything you want to say. Remember there are kids here. Go for it. Just remember, you will only get 10% of the wardrobe space. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful closing words. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been an audience. I have been John. Thank you very much.